Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante, imagination, innovation, science in action. Israeli startup Edit Precision Technologies for Agriculture says a leading California pistachio grower using its precision pollination technology has experienced a 19% increase in crop yields versus control blocks within the same orchard. EDET first deployed its technology in Israel before heading to California for tests on wind and insect pollinated crops, demonstrating double-digit increases in yields versus controls. In its latest implementation, EDET deployed its technology in April of 2022 and April of 2023 on three young plots of Golden Hills pistachios spanning 500 acres in Bakersfield for one of the largest growers in the U.S., Co-founder and CEO Elam Ryan told AgFunder News that pistachios are known for their alternate bearing nature, which cycles between on years of high yield and off years of lower yield. For orchards with a sufficient maturity history, it's beneficial to compare a block's performance not only to a control block, but also to its own past performance on similar on or off years. He says their customer chose to test the technology on relatively young orchards. In fact, in 2022, it was the first harvest for these blocks, making 2023 only their second year. This means there was a limited historical understanding of these blocks and no set expectations for yield, especially considering 2023's very exceptional conditions that led to record-breaking yields across the industry. He said that in a case of the third block, they observed a second consecutive year of suboptimal tests compared to other blocks of the same age in a region. He said they collectively agreed that this third block, showing consistently inferior performance, should be categorized as such and monitored separately. This will enable them to understand the impact of optimal pollination on blocks that are inherently weaker or underperforming. It's important to note that in the worst case scenario, the service is not expected to reduce yields. At the very least, it should maintain them or result in minimal increases. And in a previous study on 82 acres of pistachios in northern Sacramento in 2021, EDIT achieved an average yield growth of 24%. This success was demonstrated across the three plots of varying ages, which are 6, 15, and 24 years. According to EDIT, the financial impact of a 19% increase in yield for pistachio growers is substantial, with an estimated additional contribution of $1,000 to $1,300 an acre at a 19% increase in crop based on a predicted average crop of 3000 to 3800 pounds per acre at an average price of $1.80 a pound in 2023. For this year, EDET's primary focus is the upcoming commercial pistachio pollination season in April. While EDET's primary focus remains on California's pistachio growers, he said the firm will also conduct smaller scale trials on almond crops in Israel in February. The California Department of Food and Agriculture is preparing to begin large-scale fruit removal in the Redlands area of San Bernardino County. 
Removal will occur at more than 2,000 residences and is scheduled to begin in late January. All host fruit for the Oriental fruit fly, citrus, as well as a number of other fruits will be removed from properties with trees remaining in place. Properties slated for fruit removal are north and south of I-10 with a northern boundary of E Highland Avenue, a western boundary at the intersection of Garden and Elizabeth Streets, an eastern boundary of Alta Vista Drive, and a southern boundary of Silver Leaf Court. A map of the area can be found on the California Department of Food and Agriculture website. This approach will allow CDFA and its partners at the USDA and local agricultural commissioner's office to break the life cycle of the invasive fly, which lays eggs and fruit that develop into larvae or maggots, posing a threat to both residential and commercial citrus, as well as a total of more than 230 crops, including nuts. If left unchecked, the oriental fruit fly could become permanently established and cause billions of dollars worth of losses annually, which would significantly impact California's food supply. Residents in the Redlands area are strongly urged to cooperate with agricultural officials working on the project as fruit removal is mandatory. Removal is expected to continue until late February. Residents in areas of concern will receive a notice 48 hours prior to the fruit removal with work crews arriving after the stated time interval has passed. Work crews may consist of a combination of CDFA and USA employees, California Conservation Corps employees, and private contractors specializing in fruit removal. The California Farm Bureau and its partners have received $5 million from the California Department of Food and Agriculture to implement climate-smart farming practices in citrus groves in 11 counties. The project, which is part of CDFA's Pollinator Habitat Program, will focus on hedgerow planning, carbon sequestration, and soil management practices, all of which create safe pollinator habitat in citrus groves. It will fund 20 to 45 citrus groves over three years in Fresno, Imperial, Kern, Kings, Riverside, San Bernardino, Santa Barbara, Tulare, San Diego, Placer, and Ventura counties. The citrus sector in these counties generates around $2 billion a year, playing a crucial role in job creation and contributing to agricultural and environmental sustainability efforts. This grant will help citrus growers offset costs associated with their efforts to increase pollinator habitat and learn more about how growers can protect pollinators while still controlling harmful pests and plant diseases. That, according to James Cranny, president of the California Citrus Quality Council, the lead organization on the grant. The data collected from these projects will help the industry to tell its story about their contribution to pollinator protection and climate change. The grant was awarded to a partnership between CCQC, California Farm Bureau, and the Exercise Society. CCQC will recruit citrus growers to join the program and create pilot projects that will then help other growers determine the feasibility of developing climate-smart production practices. California Farm Bureau will provide all administrative support and technical assistance on healthy soil management practices through its science and research nonprofit, the California Bountiful Foundation. And the Exorcist Society will provide technical assistance on pollinator-related aspects of the project, including native plants, hedgerow planting, and identifying optimal locations for these features that balance pollinator health with crop productivity. Small size navel oranges will be extremely limited throughout the 2023 to 2024 season. Last winter's heavy rainfall was followed by a 30% bloom drop, causing large sizing to dominate the crop. 113 and 138 count supplies are the most popular for schools and operators that use juicing machines, which cannot accommodate larger sizes. The 2024 Valencia crop will become available in April and May. Sizes currently dominated by 88 count fruit. Small size California oranges are not expected to become more readily available 
until the 2024 to 2025 season that kicks off in October to November. In order to ensure 100% order fulfillment, Mark on Cooperative is urging membership to substitute 113 and 138 count navels with the below options. Those options are 88 count navel oranges, 113 or 138 count Cara Cara oranges, 113 or 138 count Mexican grown juice oranges, and 113 or 138 count Texas grown juice oranges. Contact your local Marcon customer service or representative for more information. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Agricultural Marketing Service has announced $9.75 million awarded to 10 grant projects through the Organic Market Development Grant. The funded projects will support the development and expansion of new and existing organic markets to increase the consumption of those domestic organic agricultural products. The funded projects will support the development and expansion of new and existing organic markets to increase the consumption of domestic organic agricultural products. These projects will provide information and services to more than 20,000 producers and 20,000 buyers to increase market opportunities for organic farmers. In May of 2023, USA announced approximately $75 million available through OMDG to increase the availability and demand for domestically produced organic agricultural products and to address the critical need for additional market pass. The first round of OMDG awards for the market development and promotion project type is funded by the Commodity Credit Corporation. Among the first set of award recipients in California is the California Certified Organic Farmers Incorporated of Santa Cruz, California, They received market development and promotion funding at $3 million. They had to match at $1,717,941. The total project amount is $4,717,941. California Certified Organic Farmers Incorporated has over 50 years of experience working with organic producers and is now the largest member-based organic agriculture organization in the state, as well as owning the largest organic certification company in the U.S. The purpose of this grant is to improve and expand market access for small and underserved organic farmers. There are three goals of the grant. First is to address two key obstacles restricting growth in organic sales. The lack of consumer clarity on what organic means and a perceived lack of consumer confidence in a seal. Second, to create market paths for small and underserved organic producers by linking them with buyers actively looking to source their products. And third, to educate farmers on how to talk to consumers and buyers about organic and provide them with the tools to do so. India has become a country recognized as a growing opportunity for California agricultural exports, especially tree nuts given their unique nutrient composition and India's largely vegetarian population. The tree nut industry has a special opportunity to capitalize on the Indian market in an upcoming trade mission led by USDA and Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agricultural Affairs Alexis Taylor to New Delhi. While applications have now closed for the trade mission, USDA's Clay Hamilton with the Foreign Ag Services Department explained the importance this trade mission will have for the industry. We do... uh anywhere from six to seven trade missions a year at the Foreign Ag Service. Uh, It's an opportunity for us to really educate uh, U.S. exporters about markets that they might not necessarily go to, uh, introduce them to new opportunities, uh, and and just give them the opportunity to really explore the the market in a way that's as useful for them as as possible. Uh, These trade missions have two aspects. One is the business-to-business meetings, 
uh, we'll have anywhere from 35 to 40 companies come uh, to our trade mission in April. Uh, we'll establish business-to-business -business meetings, so they have one-on-one -on -one meetings. So they know before they come that they're going to have at least anywhere from 10 to 15 meetings with companies that are interested in their products. Um, we do some education, introduce them to the market, uh, let them know what to expect. <clears throat> we also have a political aspect to it in that it's our trade missions are always led by senior officials. And in this case, it will be led by Undersecretary Alexis Taylor. So she will come over, she'll meet with government officials, she'll meet with industry uh, and other people here in India, um, not just to talk about the importance of trade and what great U.S. products we have, but also to talk about, you know, the benefits of, of, of free trade and, and collaboration between the U.S. and A variety of U.S. ag commodities will be a part of the trade mission. Hamilton explained how tree nut growers and exporters will have the opportunity to interact directly with potential Indian importers to educate them on the nutritious product. The tree nut sector has been pretty involved in India for quite a while, uh, particularly almonds, walnuts, uh, pistachios. They, they have a good track record here, uh, and that market has been growing. Um, you may know India is the largest, has the largest population of anyone in the world. Uh, they've got 1.4 billion people, uh, and it's growing. Uh, they're the third largest economy in the world. Uh, they also have a growing middle class. I think 60% of their population is considered to be uh, middle class. And that, that makes a huge market for people who are very interested in high quality products. Just like in the U.S., uh, Indian consumers are interested in products that are uh, that taste good, that are healthy, that are beneficial to them. Uh, so that makes a perfect market for our tree nuts. Um, almonds have done well. Uh, pecans are growing. Uh, pistachios, I, would, I think we're the largest exporter of pistachios to India. Uh, and walnuts are, are going great guns. Uh, we just had tariff reductions this last year, so that makes our product even more, more valuable. With tree nuts specifically, the U.S. has recently entered a new era of agricultural trade relations with India. Tariffs on tree nuts have been lifted or reduced, opening up the market even further. Hamilton explained this shift. It's actually shifted quite a bit just in the last year. Uh, India has always felt like... Uh, they need to be self-sufficient in many aspects. Um, but as their population grows, as the demand grows, um, people are looking for higher quality and different types of products. Um, we also have a very strong relationship at the highest levels. Uh, President Biden and Prime Minister Modi have gotten along very well. And so they've been able to establish a good relationship that, has, that led to the tariff reductions. Um, and there's a, a very large uh, diaspora from India in the United States. And we do over a million visas a year for Indians to go to the States. So there's a lot of people here that are very, very familiar with our products. So naturally, when they come home, uh, they're interested in trying that. So given uh, all of that put together, um, there's just a huge market here. You know, if you if you look at uh, where China was 20 years ago, you know, they were in millions of dollars uh, and now they're like 35, 38 billion dollars a year. India has the potential to grow uh, to that extent. It's not going to be a quick uh, change. We're not going to see huge increases uh, over the next year or two, 
Uh, I think we will see uh, significant increases. But you know, the the more we can stay tied in with the market and the the, the importers and and the consumers here, you know, India could turn out to be one of our top markets uh, across the world. You're listening to my ag life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in the orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, share valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast. So make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there. USDA recently awarded its latest round of market access program and foreign market development program awards to assist organizations in opening and expanding global ag export markets. USDA Ag News reporter Rod Bain. Investment in foreign market development and access for U.S. farm and food goods. That's behind the latest awards for ag organizations participating in USDA's market access program and foreign market development program. FAP and FMD are farm bill mandated programs. They're funded annually through competitive application process each year. We award these funds to industry partners. Chris Jaquette of the Foreign Agricultural Service says for fiscal year 2024, almost 70 nonprofit organizations and cooperatives will receive over $174 million through MAP while $27 million is allocated to 20 trade organizations under FMD. So they use these funds and they have developed a long-term strategy that these allocations are based upon. We're active all around the world, depending on commodity and the need and available market. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. New non-real estate farm lending activity at commercial banks continued to decline in the fourth quarter of 2023. The volume of new non-real estate farm loans in the final months of 2023 was about 15% less than the previous year. The number of new loans did increase from the previous year, but the average loan sizes were considerably lower. The sharp climb in farm loan interest rates abated during the quarter as the average rates increased modestly for some types of loans and dropped slightly for others. Despite a reduction in new loans compared to late 2022, 2023's outstanding farm debt balances reported by commercial banks grew steadily through the third quarter of 2023. Elevated production costs, higher interest expenses, and lower commodity prices increased the financing needs of many producers. The Kansas City Fed says strong liquidity in recent years likely supplemented the borrowing needs of some operations throughout 2023. Combine harvester sales closed out the year ahead of 2022 levels, while almost all tractor segments saw declines in both the United States and Canada. Farm News reporter Michael Clements has more. The latest data from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers shows total U.S. farm tractor sales fell 5.1% in December compared to 2022, while year-to-date sales came in 8.7% lower than a year ago. However, AEM Senior Vice President Kurt Blade says it's a mixed bag among the segments. We saw some real strength in the traditional ag markets, whether that's self-propelled combines, articulated four-wheel drive tractors, and those tractors over 100 horsepower all saw decent growth throughout the entire year 
year. But we did see softness in those smaller horsepower tractors. Under 40 horsepower tractors and 40 to 100 horsepower tractors were actually pretty soft for the entire year. And that indicates more of a consumer mindset than the traditional ag mindset. The under 40 horsepower segment saw a jump in sales during the COVID-19 pandemic that continued into 2022 before fulfilling much of that demand. Those were largely consumer models, not necessarily a traditional row crop audience. So when we see the declines in those numbers, I think that's more of an indication of that need had been met so strongly a few years ago. It's going to take a while for that market to kind of catch itself back up. On the flip side, looking at those row crop tractors, those tractors over 100 horsepower, seeing those up 5% year over year is really good indication of the traditional ag market continuing to be strong for off-road equipment. The data also shows strength in articulated four-wheel drive tractors with sales up 30% in 2023. If you think about that size of tractor and the use of that tractor, that's a good indication of overall optimism in the ag market. That's a pretty large piece of equipment and a significant financial investment. But also know that some of that equipment goes into other sectors, including construction, which is accounted for in these numbers. But overall, seeing about 1,000 new units of articulated four-wheel drive sold in 23 versus 2022, that gives me a lot of hope for the future. Blade says he is confident in the strength of the equipment market and its long-term growth. Well, I wish I had a crystal ball to look into 2024, but I can say people around the world have got to continue to eat. And the long-term outlook on agriculture continues to be strong. Folks don't buy a tractor or a combine or an articulated four-wheel drive tractor for next year's planting and harvest. They buy it for the next five to 10 years of operation. So yeah, there's certainly some storm clouds on the horizon, but long-term, agriculture continues to be a strong bet. Add to that, the advanced technology that's being incorporated into machines today is really driving new demands. Almost every manufacturer has a brand new piece of equipment that they're putting out there that is making significant gains for the farmer in their efficiency. The full reports can be found in the market data section of the Association of Equipment Manufacturers website, aem.org. Michael Clements reporting. Growth Energy, the nation's largest biofuels trade association, published its 2024 federal policy priorities. These are policy decisions that will shape the next era of growth in plant-based energy and climate solutions, according to Growth Energy CEO Emily Score. She says they hope these priorities serve as a roadmap for elected officials seeking to support biomanufacturing facilities at the heart of America's bioeconomy. The policy priorities focus on ensuring drivers can use more lower-carbon, lower-cost bioethanol at the pump at home and abroad. The group wants to restore permanent, unrestricted access to E15 year-round nationwide. Growth Energy also wants to use bioethanol to expeditiously advance the national transportation carbon reduction goals. They want to make sure the Department of Energy incorporates a best science and makes limited changes to the GREET model as it relates to the 408 Sustainable Aviation Fuel Tax Credit. They also want to ensure changes are finished by March 1st of 2024. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. It's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. 
Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. (laughs) 